0: Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. 14 and 15, had some super good encouragement from the Lord in those chapters. Super encourage you to read those. Now, last time we talked about 14, let's have a look at 15 for a second. Now, in chapter 15, and and let me just set this up for you. Because they've just gotten through with the Lord's Supper. What what is commonly called the Lord's Supper, which is really a Passover meal. That's what that is. There are a lot of people that don't believe that. And, oddly enough, for a long time, due to, to some... Pre-programmed, unfortunate thought processes in the early church that was anti-Jewish. The Catholic Church at that time had a formula where Easter and Passover would never coincide. And uh, evidently it's a pretty wild formula, but it worked. And... This was a Passover meal. Some people are arguing that back and forth. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't see that as being different than a Passover meal. So here's the thing. They're getting up, and they're leaving the Passover meal area, heading to the garden. All right. And Jesus is teaching them the whole time. Now, he has the 12 with him, and he had some other disciples with him as well. But, chapter 15 of John, uh, looking at verse 18, all right, because if you think that, and there are believers that think this, they think, wow, you know, um, Jesus. when you get saved and you accept Jesus, everything's this rosy peachy 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 cane. No sweat. Uh everything's should be good, should be awesome, problems dissolve. Life is nothing but sunshine, unicorn, and butterflies. And they're delusional uh in that respect. Here's what the Lord has to say. And it's John fifteen, eighteen He says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Then Going on, it says, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. Remember, The word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that one, that, that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hate me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. All right. So. There's a lot of pronouns going around here. You know, he's talking talk about them and they and talking about you. So when he's talking about you, he's, he's addressing his disciples, his followers there. And when he's talking about they, he's talking about the people that uh, that basically, and, and I believe he's he focusing this really at the at the authorities, okay, not the entire Jewish people, but the Jewish authorities, the people in power, the corrupt people who saw him do all of these fantastic miracles and heard him teach and basically rejected it. Why did they reject it? Because uh, they held a form of religion and denied the power thereof. They really didn't know the person behind it and that's God the Father they didn't know Jesus they didn't know his father and so basically it was just a you know a big circle of uh of horror now he he seems to go in fact he does go From general to specific, in some ways. Because it starts 1518, is the world hates you. Now, the thing about this word world is cosmos. It's really um, literally or figuratively meaning the world at large, I mean, people. And it's an antagonistic kind of thing. The problem is, and this is what he's trying to, to give them the idea, is this, if you're trying to keep his word, And you're a believer, you're a disciple of Jesus, the world is not going to stand for it. It's going to oppose you. If all you want to do, and by you I mean generally, if all you're thinking about doing is, hey, let's just get along, that's not going to happen. Now, why is that? sounds kind of harsh. Why is that? And it's not because we're being antagonistic. It's that when they see the wonder of God in you, it really hacks them bad. Who's them? Anyone who's got darkness in them. Who, is, who does not follow the living God and try to follow his word. Anyone who is not in that knowledge, it, well, why? oh, you mean you know, whoever's not in the club, this is an exclusionary club? No, it's a wide-open club. It's not a secret society. Anyone can be a believer if they'll believe. Anyone can follow Jesus if they will believe. But here's the thing: if they choose not to, then they're in, then they just grip in darkness. I mean, literally. You might as well grab an anchor and jump in the ocean because that's what they're gripping on to. But here's the thing: it's it's not just a matter of. Oh well, okay. So they have the light, and they're they they do all these these things, and man, they kind of irritate me. But I'll leave them alone. They're over there. Mm-mm, no, it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. They come for you because just your presence is antagonistic, and it's not because you're being a jerk. <laughs> it's not because... I mean, unfortunately, there are believers that act like jerks and just dare people to persecute them you know in fact they stir jazz up just so they can get persecuted and and tell everybody how how they're being persecuted which is absolutely idiotic Uh, the world's going to have enough persecution for you you don't have to manufacture any but here's the thing uh this antagonism is just because y- y- there's this uh there's this old uh, story about two people uh in a restaurant or something, and one just looks at the other one and, and says, "You know, I just don't like the look of your face, <laughs> and that's a lot like the antagonism that the world at large has for faith in Jesus and believers. They just don't like the look of your face. You know, you can't change that. Well, you can not a little bit on your face, but here's the thing. When you got the Spirit of God in you, that runs deeper. Now... If you want to try to just get along, then, then the only way they're going to let that happen is if you give up and you renounce Jesus. End of story. That's it. Now, you know, well, how can you be so sure? I can't even tell you, on the top of my head, how many persecutions Christians had in the Roman Empire over the... 900 years it was around. In fact, that's arguable because some people say longer, some people say shorter. But still, 900 years, that's a long dang time. So here's the thing. Uh, Just because people were Christians, uh, in fact, what irritated a lot of Romans was the fact that, and and they called uh, the Christians, that irritated them, atheists. Wow, that, you know that's a head scratcher, right? But here's the thing: because they would not acknowledge Caesar as God or a God, they wouldn't do it. Well, that just got all up in their business, and so they so they went after him. You can read up on all that stuff. I mean, I you just can't make this jazz up, for real. Now. Jesus says, look, if they don't like me, they you know, if they hate me, they're gonna hate you. Why? He's in he's in us, and people see him in us. He says in verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Because you're not of the world, because but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Part of being in the world and not of the world. Now, Jesus goes on to say, "Look, you know, a, a servant's goal is to be at least as good as their master. But uh, but he's actually what, what he says is this: He says a servant is not greater than his master." If they persecuted me They'll persecute you But he says something interesting here He says If they kept my word They will also keep yours Why is that? Because what we're Telling the people Should be exactly what Jesus Is telling people Uh Jesus goes on to say, look, if they hate me, they hate they hate the Father. And that, the reason that he says that, of course, is because a lot of them were trying to separate them. Jesus said, me and the Father are one. So you can't hate one without the other. Um, I do want to point out in 1525, where it says, but the word that is written in in their law must be fulfilled because a lot of people will grab that and say, "Oh, their law, okay, that's not Jesus's law," so so it must not be, you know. So Jesus may not it must not be following the law. Hmm, that's interesting, but that's not what he's getting at. That's not what he's getting at. What he is saying in there, and because again, you gotta understand when Jesus is talking about other Jewish authorities, he's Jewish. He's part of the culture, so he, so he can go them and they, and make a distinction, without saying, oh well, that's that Old Testament. Not, not what I think. I think something totally different because he follows the Old Testament as well as the Mishnah. It's, so here's the thing. He's, he's saying there's a prophecy. And this prophecy is, they hated me without a cause. Now, he goes on to say that he sent in the Holy Spirit and that we will be witnesses. Now, what is a witness? I think I've mentioned this before, and it's pretty interesting. Witness—the word "witness" is the word "martyro," which is the word we get "martyr" from. Because basically, you know, in, in many ways, we associate martyr with death, with a dead witness. But that's not technically how it goes because a witness is a witness it's like in a courtroom what we're supposed to do is give testimony to the hope that's within us and that's Jesus now why did I go through all this jazz it's basically this and and why is this supposed to be comforting Jesus is basically saying, look, you have to understand. In the world, not of the world. In the world, not of the world. They're not going to like you. Don't look for them to like you. The only way for them to like you, I mean, really just embrace you like you, is for you to not belong to Jesus, for real. That also means, when this life is done, destructions, coming. That's why he says, "Look, whoever's ashamed of you know ashamed of me in the world down here, I'm going to be ashamed of them before God the Father." Don't want that scenario happening, for me. Don't want that. Seriously want him to be proud of me. That being the case, I need to be of the mindset that look, there's gonna be stuff happen. There's gonna be stuff happen. There's gonna be stuff I'm passed over for. There's gonna be people that treat me funny, weird, mean. Why? Because I'm a believer. And if I am the kind of believer I believe that Jesus wants, they should be able to tell that I am a believer and a follower of Jesus without me necessarily having to say anything. Because witness doesn't have to mean talking all the time. It's the total sum package of your life and what you're doing. That's what your witness is. It's not just showing up and banging somebody over the head with the Roman road, you know. Well, this verse, this verse, this verse, this verse, this verse. Oh, man, I got them all out. Yay! It's not that. The total package is us, who we act like, how we treat people, Because, and, and Jesus sums it up this way, in John fifteen seventeen. These things I command you, that you love one another. Now, where in the world did he get that? Where did he get that? Could it be, <laughs> out of the Old Testament, <laughs> you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, sounds, you know sounds a little similar, I think. And he's saying this. Look, this this is it. This is my commandment. And it's not a change. He's not changing anything. That you love one another. Now he's talking about the believers How many believers, how many churches love each other? A friend of mine's daughter went to a church, and she said the pastor spent quite a bit of time slamming all the other churches in the area and explaining why his church was better. Well, guess what? They didn't go back. Well, with good reason. I command you... That you love one another. That's what Jesus said. So, want to find a good church? Look at that. Are they loving each other? Are they helping each other? How much are they doing that? Or, are they bickering, fighting, and being nasty? So, that being the case, I want to encourage you. To just know that even in the best of times, even if the world was just peachy and everything was just sweet all over the place, that persecution is going to come to you. <laughs> now you're saying, well, that sounds pretty freaking depressing. Well, no, no, no. It's not meant that way. It's just meant to be this. The peace that passes understanding has to come from the Spirit. can't come from your situation. Because Jesus already said, look, I am with you. We have to draw our strength from there, from the Word, from the fellowship, from the church, from other believers. That's why Jesus says, love one another. Because we are going to have this animosity out there in the world. And we need to have that love to support each other. That's where you find the churches that are really worth it. Okay? That's where you find the churches of the Spirit of God and Jesus living. Forever. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. God bless all of your life.